The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. UVA football is the softest bunch of cream puffs, bow tie wearing, brie cheese eating, NASCAR wearing wussies I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to punch people from UVA right in the neck. They wear suits to games. <laughs> That's absurd. What's up, everyone? This is Dustin, and this is the Guys and Ties podcast. Welcome back. We took a break because I went on vacation. I needed a break, but it's good to be back because miss doing this, and there's actually a lot to talk about. So I wanted to get a short podcast out this week, even if it's just like a little bit, just so that uh, we can keep everyone updated and we can stay on track with you know how we're doing things and and where we are in the season. So let's get started. So you know the big game that we're going to talk about, of course, is the Syracuse game. That happened on Monday, and UVA wins that 79-53. Um, it was a pretty crazy game, though, because what what we're seeing and what, we, what happened is just that UVA was so hot from three the whole time. We were 18 of 25, which is 72%. So everyone was hitting. Dre had uh, 5 of 7, Kyle was 8 of 10, and Ty was 5 of 6. No one else made any threes. And actually, our big three was pretty much the entire scoring for our team. Uh, Kyle had 25, Dre had 21, and Ty had 16. Mommy chipped in with nine, Jay had four, and Braxton had two. But other than that, and, and Jay and Nixon had two in garbage time. But besides that, you know, it wasn't really uh, a lot of people doing really much anything. It was those three. They took over the game by just shooting Syracuse out of the gym. And that was it was an insane performance from all of them. I can't I can't say how nuts some of Kyle Guy's shots were. It just just by how he was able to shoot over the length of Syracuse as well as make off balance shots. Ty hit that one from basically half court. So just really going off on, on the Syracuse defense, shooting over the the zone is how you bust it, you know. I really liked how Jay Huff played in this game. He he really played in the second half. He only scored four points. He was two of three. He didn't shoot any threes. He only had uh, he had four fouls, but he played really well. Syracuse is actually a really long team, and Pascal Chukwu is 7'2", so we didn't really have anyone who could box him out on rebounds, and I think something that really helped was getting Jay in there to get some rebounds on him. Chukwu had eight points on three of four shooting, but he did have seven offensive rebounds which is nuts um and they gave Syracuse a lot of extra second chance points in the first half uh where they led after the first half you know it was 34 32 at halftime we were shooting threes but we couldn't get really anything inside and then once we started getting you know we we just kept hitting all those threes I think the Syracuse zone opened up a little bit 
we were able to really come out, get some good looks inside. It, it was interesting because Tony put Ty at the top of the key in the zone, uh, at the high post. And when you put someone at the high post, they're able to, he was able to bring Chukwu, Chukwu, who is the 7-2 guy who blocks all these shots. He was able to bring him out to the top and either pass it down to low to either Mommy or Jay, or he was able to shoot over him. Um, so that was really, really great offense from Tony. And goes back again to something that we've said a lot on this podcast is that Tony is very good at halftime adjustments. And so something that was it was it was very clear that he made this adjustment. Okay, we're going to put Ty at the high post because he can dribble back out, get Chuku out, make a good pass down to Mamadi or Jay. And it, it really opened up the defense a lot. Not to mention, you know, when you're shooting 30 feet away from the basket, that's going to open up the defense too. So I thought this was an amazing performance from the team. It really showed who we are as a team and, and how we can win in different ways against a different thing. Because, you know, Syracuse is, you know, one of those teams that has knocked us out of the tournament in 2016, uh, that heartbreaking loss when we were up by double digits at halftime. And we've talked about that before, but so we don't have to do it again. But I think something to keep in mind is that with a team like Syracuse, they, they always tend to do better in the tournament because they have such a strange thing that they do. This The 2-3 zone, is this is the Syracuse, it's their mentality, it's who they are. If we're able to beat that and we know we can beat that now, it's a good thing. And it's not something that we should be afraid of anymore, which is great. Something else that I liked in this was the lineup that we had for basically the entire second half, which was Kyle, Dre, Ty, Mamadi, and Jay. I really like having Mamadi and Jay in there at the same time. Uh, it kind of gives us like a Twin Towers kind of thing going on with, uh, you know, just having two really tall people in there. What I like about that is that Jay can spread the floor and Mamadi is athletic enough. Jay has his limitations on defense. And we've talked about this before. Even though he's gotten much, much better, he's still learning how to stick with guys, how to box out, when not to go up for a block shot, when to focus on his man. And But with Mamadi in there, Mamadi's able to pick up some of the slack for him. And I really liked that what we had. And we, I mean, Tony kept them in for most of the second half, which was incredible because usually he's subbing guys out. Braxton didn't play that much. Braxton only played six minutes, which was a season low for him. And Kihei only played 13 minutes which I think was a season low for him too. So it's an interesting thing that Tony is willing and able to switch up what he's doing to be able to be as successful as we are, be as successful as we can. So I think that was really interesting. I thought that was cool uh, what Tony was doing. And uh, before that, we had Pittsburgh. And the Pittsburgh game was really not close um the whole time except for you know within the first 10 minutes but after that uh Pitt did not really have a great time scoring the ball um we held them to only 19 points in the first half and then we really just kept going we ended up winning 73 to 49 and Kyle once again had a really good game he had 17 points tied 13 Dre had 12 and some a lot of other people mixed in and yeah I thought it was a good sign because sometimes you know if we're if you're a really good team I mean look at Duke on Tuesday night when they played Wake and they like looked really bad against Wake uh, Wake almost what Wake should have won probably Duke had an inbounds violation 
uh, with under 10 seconds left. Wake missed. Wait, one of Wake's guys ran into Brandon, um, or one of Wake's guys ran into the other one who had the ball. They weren't able to get the shot off. And it just goes to show that even if you're a really good team, you still have got these nights where you're not locked in. And Virginia's definitely had some of those this season. You know, you can look back to the Notre Dame game. You can look back to the Miami game. You can even look back to the NC State game where we went to overtime. And a lot of these games we were didn't seem locked in. But now, you know, we have... It's hard, I think, not to look ahead to especially a zone like Syracuse. And it goes to show how prepared and how good this coaching staff is keeping this team because they were able to stay focused even though they've got this, you know, a buzzsaw of defense coming up. The the pit game was on Saturday, Syracuse was on Monday. And with those two games and the, of course the Georgia Tech game the Wednesday before, that was a three game 20 point win streak in the ACC, which is really, really incredible. Uh, now, granted, two of those teams are in the bottom half uh, with Georgia Tech and Pitt, but Syracuse is not. And even still, it's hard to go 20 point, have 20 point games. Two of them were at home, one was away. I, I think it's still really impressive. Now, if we go back to, we, I talked about Miami and I talked about Notre Dame earlier. There's a stretch where we, did not play up to the standards of this team, that this year's team. And I say that I say this year's team because this year's team has been incredible. During this stretch, we went to overtime with NC State. We struggled against Miami to put away Miami at home. We lost to Duke at home. We North Carolina was leading away. We were away at North Carolina, but we were able to pull it back. So that was actually a really good game. I was proud of the team then. And then Notre Dame at home, we only won by six. And we once again never really put away a bad Notre Dame team. After that, though, it's been really good. We win on the road at Tech. We win on the road at Louisville. And, of course, we have these three 20-point ACC wins. This should not go overlooked. This this is not a something that is usual. This does not happen uh, anywhere except for probably Gonzaga, who plays in a horrible horrible conference uh so it's really it should not be overlooked how well this team has done even though we had chances to you know slack off and not do our best and i think that's telling of how locked in this team is and how prepared they are for what's coming up next speaking of coming up next we've got louisville coming up and that's at home of course and it's senior day for jack salt who I love dearly, you know, he was, he, he, Jack Salt definitely has his limitations on offense, but he is the leader of this team. He is, uh, he's been through the bad times with this team. He's been through the good times and he's stuck around when other people in his class did not. Mario left, BJ Stith left. He was one of those guys who stuck it out. He tries his best. There's a really great article about him and uh, I'll, I'll link it on Twitter, but there was a really great article that about him that came out who that just talked about how the other players look at him. And Ty was saying, you know, he, he works as hard as he can every day, no matter if he's getting five minutes per game or 20 minutes per game. And he's had really good games this season. The, the Maryland game, he was a difference maker. He was able to have a bunch of dunks and he kept us in that game. And then of course there's game, the past couple games, you know, against Syracuse and against Pitt 
and even Georgia Tech, he didn't play that much. And that has something to do. I've, I've heard that his back is hurt. I don't know exactly, you know, how he hurt it or what hurts on it. He's just a big guy and, you know, a lot of big guys can sometimes have their backs hurt. But that goes to show that he's willing to put in all this work, even if he's not 100%, even if he's not going to give much back to the team. And I think that's really commendable because of his character and who he is. And he really embodies the five pillars of Tony Bennett. So it's going to be sad to see him go. I'm, uh, I know I'm sad to see him go for sure, but I think that he really embodies this Virginia program. And hopefully he is a kind of a example to, for future Wahoos. And of course we're not going to have a guy like him probably, I mean, Kafaro is kind of built like him, but he's a little bit more offensive, I think, than defensive. And of course, we'll see what happens with him. But I'm excited for for Jack. He's not going to play basketball um, in the NBA or maybe anywhere after this. So I'm not sure what he's going to do, but I wish him the best. And he has meant the world to this program and this team. So I'm excited to see how the crowd thanks him um, in his last game at JPJ. And of course, after that is the ACC tournament. So the ACC tournament is going to be in Charlotte, and it's in the Spectrum Center, so that'll be fun. Of course, this is the the arena that UVA lost to UMBC in last season, so we'll see if there's any... I'm sure they're going to talk about it every single game, which is going to be super annoying. But we are probably going to be the one seed if we win against Louisville. If not, we will be the two seed. And luckily, we, we locked up a double bye uh, when we beat Georgia Tech, and that was big for us. And it was really interesting to see because, not interesting, but we knew we were probably going to get a double bye. But the double bye in the ACC tournament is so crucial because no one from the Tuesday games has ever made it to the championship or won. I, I don't, I'm not sure if anyone from the Wednesday games has ever won either. Um for those who don't know, the ACC tournament, because it's a 15-team league, it's kind of weird. There are three games on Tuesday, there's four games on Wednesday, and there's four games on Thursday, two games on Friday, which is the semifinals, and then one game on Saturday. And the bottom six seeds have to play on Tuesday, and then they play the the bottom three seeds, then we'll play the five, six, and seven seed, and then the eight and nine seed will play on Wednesday. So it's really, really crucial to get the double buy because then you don't have to play two games. You only need three games to win the ACC championship instead of four or five, which is nuts. Um, I think that's that's crazy. And of course, we are predicted we are predicted to be the one seed. UNC is going to be the two probably um, if they win. If Duke wins, uh, I'm not sure if they can actually get the two seed. I'm not sure what the tiebreaker is there, but um, I'm seeing I'm looking at a Bleacher Report article. And it's saying that they're, they're predicting Duke to be the, the three seed. Florida State's the four seed. They got the last double bye when they beat Tech on Tuesday night as well. So, or Wednesday, Wednesday night, I'm sorry. When they beat Tech on Wednesday night. Yeah, so it should be interesting. And how it's going to go is that the number one seed will play the 8-9 winner. And right now, the 8-9 is NC State and Clemson. Two teams that, you know, we historically have been really good against but of course we had that overtime win against nc state and then clemson 
uh, we beat pretty solidly, but they are a good team and could give us a run. So it'll be interesting to see who we play. I'm not too worried about it. I think this team can beat anyone in the country. I think we can beat Duke too, except we haven't yet this season. So we'll see how that goes. And I'm excited to see what happens when we get there. And of course, that's going to be the week after this. So that'll start next week. And speaking of the ACC tournament, the women's ACC tournament has been going on. UVA got out of the first game, actually. They beat BC, but they lost today, uh, which is Thursday, by the way. They lost today versus Syracuse, 67-57. So their season is done. They ended up 12-9. This is Tina Thompson's first season. Um, So it's kind of a rebuilding year. They're trying to get back on track. Um, We've got two really good uh, juniors in Jocelyn Willoughby and Dominique Toussaint. Uh, both of them hit 1,000 points this season, which is pretty cool. Justin Willoughby is a, a double-double machine, and Toussaint's a really good distributor of the ball. So hopefully next year we can get back into the NCAA tournament or the NIT. Um, but it's exciting to see this team. You know, they, they got an ACC tournament win, which is cool, but couldn't get out of the second day. So unfortunate, but not really unexpected, considering that they uh, they were not playing that well this season. Uh, but good to see them. And on top of that, something else I wanted to mention was lacrosse. And I'm a huge lacrosse fan. I love playing lacrosse. I played in high school. I wasn't good. I was. <laughs> I should say I was on the team. I didn't play, but uh, the lacrosse team has started. And they just uh, they also just beat Syracuse recently. They played Syracuse, and they won in overtime, which is great. So exciting to see lacrosse back. I'm looking forward to hopefully watching some more games on ESPNU. And uh, hopefully they come back with that. Yeah, so this has been a super super short podcast. It's about it's probably about fifteen minutes, so it's not much, but a good update on that. And hopefully Rob comes back next week. It's kind of weird talking just by myself because usually it's a back and forth thing. So hopefully, hopefully it hasn't been too bad. But hopefully Rob comes back. He had to work this week, so unfortunate he was not able to join me today. But we we will be back uh, this Sunday, probably. So we'll hopefully tune in for that. And we will see if we are the one seed. And hopefully by that point, we will have the updated ACC tournament bracket. So we can talk about that. We'll be able to talk about Jack Senior Day. And that's going to be about it. So thank you for listening. As always, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Guys and Ties Pod. Make sure to follow us on Snapchat and Instagram at Guys and Ties Pod. Make sure to follow us on Podbean and iTunes if you want to keep listening. And we'll see you guys next week. Go Hoos, beat Louisville. cars like these on auto trader like that car riding your tail or if you're tailgating right now all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on auto trader too are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time well multitasking pro cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on auto trader new cars used cars electric cars maybe even flying cars 
Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.